You're listening to an audio sermon from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. So I want to just share just a word this morning, just a little bit of a teaching. We talk about the body of Christ. Amen. We are the body of Christ. And we are that extension of Christ's body in the kingdom today, on the earth today. Amen. So if you will turn with me quick in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians. We're going to do quite a bit of reading this morning, so bear with me as we jump around. But it's good. The Word of God, it's always a good thing to work through a man. It's the truth. It's the life. It's the Word. It's the bread. Amen. So 1 Corinthians 12, I'm going to start at verse 12. The body is a unit. Though it is made up of many parts, and though all of its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ, for we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Now the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Amen. So we are the body. Though we are many. Jews, Gentiles, Greeks, Portuguese, Angolan, Swahili, whatever. We're all part of one body of Christ. Amen. Different parts, but one body. Amen. And not only that, we're baptized by one Spirit. It's one Spirit. It's the Spirit of Christ Jesus. The Holy Spirit that's in us is one body. It's not a spirit of this and a spirit of that for this part and a spirit for the toe. No, it's one spirit through the entire body that we share. That spirit of Christ Jesus. Amen. Jump to Ephesians quick. Ephesians chapter 4. And we're going to read from verses 1 through 16 as well. Just expanding a bit more on this. As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Many times as parts of the body, <laughs> we, we rub up and we trip on each other. We've got to be a bearing with one another, patient in love. Amen. Completely humble, completely gentle. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit. Just as you were called to one hope, when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all in all. Again, one spirit in unity, not this body of disjointed, uncoordinated, there's one spirit, one Lord, one God, one faith, knitting us together, binding us together, giving us purpose, giving us that coordination, giving us that direction. Amen. But to each of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, When he ascended on high, he led captives in his train and gave gifts to men. What does he ascended mean? Except that he descended to the lower earthly regions. He who had ascended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors, some to be teachers. To prepare God's body to prepare God's people for the works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith, in the knowledge of the Son of God, and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves, and blown here or there with every wind of teaching, by the cunning and craftiness of men and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow into Him, who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body is joined together, held together. Every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So some of us have been given different gifts. And when, God, when Jesus ascended, he's given us different gifts, and some to be apostles, some to be teachers, some to be preachers. And that's the different parts of the body. And we've been given these gifts so that we can help nourish each other, that we can help build each other up, that we can help build this unity in Christ in one faith as we grow into Jesus, who is the head of our body. Amen. So, that is just a quick run through some of the scriptures, just as an intro. And starting off there, the first point I want to just touch on is that Christ is the head of this body. 
It's not, as some denominations might believe, it's not the Pope. It's not Peter, when Jesus said, on this rock I will build my church. Peter's not the head of the church. Um, it's not even us as eldership. It's Christ. Amen. Christ is the head. Why? Because <laughs> man, we are, we are fallible. And Christ is infallible. Christ is the ordained, perfect Son of God, the voice of the Father, to lead us, to guide us, to empower us, to give us direction. The other thing in terms of the analogy of Christ as the head also is when we talk about the body of Christ, there's actually also a second analogy that comes into play because we talk about the body of Christ as the bride of Christ, where Christ is also the, the, the bridegroom. And like a, a husband and a wife in a marriage situation, in that analogy, Christ being the head, as the husband is the head for the wife, to love to look after, to give guidance, to counsel, while the wife to respect, to, 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 to follow the leadership of Christ. Amen. So these two beautiful analogies in there. Um, and we all know that in marriage as well, the two become one. So it's, again, still part of one body. <laughs> Amen. So no matter how you look at it, whether we look at it as the head, Jesus is the head and we're the body, or if we look at it as Jesus is the bridegroom and we're the bride, he's still the head. Amen. Ephesians 1, verses 22 to 23 says, give you some time to turn there. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be the head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Let me read that again. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be the head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. So firstly, God has placed Jesus as head of the church. Interesting thing. Not Jesus placing himself. Jesus didn't come in and say, I am the head. Thou shalt listen to me, church. No. God placed Jesus as the head of the church. Amen. God has anointed him, God has empowered him, God has raised him up to be head of the church. Amen. The Father has done that. Secondly, he's placed all things under his feet. Very interesting. When Jesus went through the cross and he came up, he said, all power in heaven and earth has been given unto me. All power. So as the head of the church, not only is he just the head of the church, Put there by God, but all authority, all power over all principalities, over all demonic things, over every situation that can come against us, all authority has been given to Jesus, placed under his feet. Amen. So that's an awesome head to have. <laughs> that's an awesome head, powerful head, placed there by God the Father, empowered and anointed with power and authority over all things. And then in verse 23, it goes on to say, of everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. So as the church, as the body of Christ, we are the fullness of him. The fullness of him. Okay. What does that mean? So, if we were the halfness of him <laughs> and not the fullness of him, that would mean that he wouldn't be as represented, his power, his authority, his grace, his love, wouldn't be as represented. But we are the fullness of him. What that says also is the church is the fulfillment of what Christ came to do. Think about that. When Christ stood on the cross and he said, it is finished. When he hung on the cross, he said, it is finished. Okay. What he imparted, what he did, what he broke, what he set free on the cross for us at that point in time, is realized now, today, through his body. Us. The church. Think about that. <laughs> Just think about that. that. What he set out to do, what he started doing, we are called to be 
the fullness of, to be finishing, to be completing, to be taking his mandate and taking it through into all the kingdoms of the world. Did Jesus go to every corner of the world and minister? No. He had three years of ministry, right? Did Jesus go and spread the gospel through all the world? No. Did Jesus go and walk to every single person in the world and pray for them? No. Did he go out and did he spread the love of Jesus, the love of God, the Father, to everyone in the world? No. Why? Because he gave that to us. And he said, now you go. Jumping ahead of myself. But we are the fulfillment of his mandate, of his call in the world today. Amen. Amen. Think about that. If we don't step out in the fullness of what he's called us to as his body, if we don't step out in grace, in faith, and complete the work he started, then we are not fulfilling the fullness of what he's called to do. It's quite an interesting challenge to us as the church there. Amen. He's the head. We are the body. We're called to fulfill his mandate. We are called to follow him as the head, to follow his direction, to follow his guidance, his purpose. Jump with me quick to, let's go to Ephesians 5.23. Just further elaborating on this. Okay, let's start at verse 22. So wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. So just reinforcing that, what what I said earlier, that even in the analogy of the marriage, Christ is the head. Okay. He is our head. Amen. A healthy body has a head. I've seen many bodies with a foot missing. There's a person on a crutch. I've seen bodies with a hand missing. The person's still alive, can function, can talk. I've seen people with legs missing totally. They come in wheelchairs. I've seen people with eyes missing, ears missing. But that person is still alive. That person can still function, can still think, can still fulfill the calling. Have you ever seen anyone walk into this church without a head? Anyone, anywhere, seen anybody living without a head? Anywhere. Okay. It doesn't exist. Why? Because the body cannot survive without the head. You can take a heart out the body, and you can put a new heart in the body. You can even take kidneys. You can take, you can transport, transplant so much of the body, and the body will live. You can cut off pieces of the body, and the body will live. But you cut off the head. The body dies. So Christ is our head. And we've got to be attached closely to him as the body. Not attached to theologies. Not attached to our works. Not attached to, you know, we can't put a hand here. And say, okay, the hand is the head now. We're going to just be following what we do. Okay? Not going to work. You can't walk with the eyeball here. Now we're going to be driven by what we see. Okay? How many people are driven by what they see? It's scary when you look at what you see around you in the world today. What we hear? Nah. We're driven by the head. Christ is the head of the church. Amen. A healthy body has a head. Through that head, Jesus guides us. He directs us. He leads us. Like the head, the brain and the body. Everything is connected to the cortex at the back of our head. Every nerve, every function from breathing, wiggling your toes, it's all connected to the head. Nothing happens in this body without something in the head. Whether we can dance, whether we can play something, whether we can talk, nothing happens without being connected to the head. The head also is what nourishes the body. Think about that. We eat through our mouths. We can't eat through our hands. We can't eat through our feet. You can sit in, a, in an ocean surrounded by food and you can get none of that nourishment unless it comes through the mouth. Amen. So that head is what nourishes us as the body. 
Okay, and I'm sure there's some of you thinking, yeah, there's ivy drips. And, okay, let's not complicate that. <laughs> Strictly speaking, as a body supposed to function, the food goes in through the mouth. Amen. So it's Christ who gives us sustenance. It's Christ who gives us the energy to do what we need to do. It's Christ who fulfills that in the body. As head, Jesus is also the source of the church's life. We go to Colossians 2. Colossians 2 verse 19 says this. I'll start in 18 actually, because give you context. Do not let anyone who delights in false humility and the worship of angels disqualify you for the prize. Such a person goes into great detail about what he has seen, and his unspiritual mind puffs him up with idle notions. He has lost connection with the head, from whom the whole body, supported and held together by its ligaments and sinews, grows as God causes it to grow. The head is the source of life. It's what causes us to grow. If we disconnect it from that, we're not growing. If we disconnect it from that, we become puffed up and we chase after other ideologies and get stuck chasing the, the works and the acts of God. We get stuck chasing the vessels that God uses to minister and to do things. And we shouldn't be like it. We should be bonded to the head, to Jesus. Man. Another interesting thing, if we look at... At, at, at man and, and how man has been created. We're, we're a three-part being. Body, soul, spirit. Amen. Three-part being. The mind, flesh, the spirit. Amen. And like the church, three-part being. Christ the head. Us the body, flesh. And the Holy Spirit working through, giving life through that body. Amen. A three-part being. It's very interesting. Nothing happens in the Word. That's not a pattern to other things. Um, and, and, and just like that, the body is made up of these three coming together, the body of Christ. The second point I want to make about the body. So we've ascertained Jesus is the head. Amen. The only head. No life without Him, no health without Him. We can't survive without Him. Second point, through the body, Christ's work is continued. When Christ entered the world, he took on a physical form. Uh, Hebrews 10 verse 5, Philippians 2 verse 7 talks about this where he took on a physical being. And he came into the world, he became flesh. He took on a physical body. And through that physical body, while he was on earth, he demonstrated the love of God, he performed miracles, and ultimately went through the sacrifice on the cross for us. After his ascension, now, seated at the right hand of the Father, Christ as the head of his church, through his body he continues his work. And it's a very clear, it's a tangible, bold way in which we're supposed to go forward and execute on his work. If we are his hands, if we are his feet, if we are meant to speak the word, if we are meant to go out into the nations, if we are meant to go and lift people up or to touch or to... It's only that body that can do it. You won't ever see a head rolling around <laughs> from place to place. You won't ever see a head going and making food to give to somebody. I can't. We are called to be the body, his hands, his feet, to go out, to carry on doing His work. To lift up this world that is lost. Let's turn to Matthew 28 quick. The Great Commission. I'm sure we've heard this many, many times. But as the body of Christ, we need to remind ourselves of what it is we are supposed to be doing. So Matthew 28 verses 16 says this. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee because he was only 11, because Judas had hung himself. To the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So he first established that, what we talked about before. He says to his disciples, No doubting. All authority on heaven and earth has now been given unto me. And the next thing he says to them, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, 
baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So God came and he empowered Jesus with all authority. And Jesus came to his disciples and he said, Now, nah, all authority has been given to me. Now go forward. In my name, he taught them before. In my name, go and teach and preach and chase out demons and heal the sick in my name. All authority has been given to me, Jesus said to them. Now go out. Go forwards to the world. And as the body of Christ, the, the body of Christ is not there for itself. The body of Christ is not there to just have hands to make the hair look good or to dust itself off. No. The body of Christ is meant to go out to the world, to reach the lost, to reach the rest of God's children that have not come to the full realization of Christ as our Savior. They have not accepted Christ. They have not accepted the salvation, that wonderful gift on the cross. And it's us as the body that's got to go out there. It's us as the body that's got to go out and represent. It's us as the body that's got to go out and lift. Us as the body that's got to go out and, and help the hurting, feed the sick, feed the hungry, pray for the sick, See them healed. Minister the gospel in His name, in His power. And as we sit here, each one of us is a part of that body. Some of us are are feet. Some of us are hands. And we're meant to go forward as that body with Christ as the head and express and show His character, His nature in everything that we do. To be representative of Him in the world. As He is, so... We are. Amen. So what's in the head flows through into the body. As the body, representing Christ, He can continue His mission on the earth to seek and save the lost, to spread the gospel of the good news of the kingdom. Amen. To see the kingdom of heaven established, further established here on earth. And He lends His authority to us. Colossians 2 verses 9 to 10. Let's go there quick. Colossians 2 verses 9 to 10. So he said, All authority has been given unto me, therefore go and make disciples, go and preach the gospel, go and teach. Colossians 2 verses 9 to 10. Further, For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And you have been given fullness in Christ who is the head over every power and authority. So we've been given this fullness through the head who has power over every authority to go forward into the world and to establish his kingdom. Amen. Third point. We're a body of many parts. Eyes, ears, nose, hands, feet, all the outward parts, liver, kidneys, all the internal parts, some visible, some not visible, some very active, some less active. Some very seen, some not as seen. But we're a body of parts. Multiple parts. Each part has its own function. Genetically, those stem cells when we were in the womb all formed and changed and shifted. And some grew to be kidneys. and some grew to, 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 There's a DNA, there's a pattern that, that guides how the body is formed and how the body is created. The nose with the receptors to smell, the ears, the sound drum to hear, and to pick up the vibrations, to interpret that, the nerves into the brain, the ears to give balance, so that when we walk, we don't fall over, our legs to take us, every single part of the body has a function that comes together to form the whole of the body. What that means is, that we are one in the body, we all have different functions and different roles to play. Amen. Some of us are called to be hands. Some of us are called to bless the kingdom, to bless our neighbors. Some of us have been given the gift. We've been blessed so we can bless others. Amen. Some of us have been called to be the feet, to go into places where no one else wants to go, to spread the gospel in places where no one else can go. Because why are we the feet? To carry the body into places. Others have been called to, to listen. Others have been called to process and digest stuff. It's to provide energy and fuel to the body. Others are part of healing in the body. 
Others are part of purification processes to help and to guide the kidneys with the blood. and all. Each part of the body has a function. Amen. Do you know what your function is in the body? Do you know what your gift is? Do you know what your talent is? Do you know what God has called you to do? Has God purposed something in your heart that only you can do? Has God put something in you that you want to do for the kingdom that only you can do? Hey? Reminded the story, I forget the guy's name. He was a minister and he preached. And he had like his church out in the Midwest in the US of A. And he would preach every weekend and he'd be preaching and preaching and no one would get saved. And he'd be preaching, 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 preaching week after week after week after week after week for years and no one got saved. God, why am I here? Am I wasting my time? Am I week after week? Eventually one Sunday, one evening, one young gentleman comes to the front and gives his heart to the Lord. And he's like, wow, finally. You know, you know who that one person was? Billy Graham. Hmm. Billy Graham, hey? If that minister had given up, and ah, I'm not seeing this. He was called to be there. Why? Because he had a date with destiny somewhere in the future where a man would walk into the doors and get saved, would then go forward into the kingdom and reach and touch hundreds and thousands of people for God. Amen. And this man was toiling and toiling. and He said, one person got saved. <laughs> And that was Billy Graham. Reminded of uh, Abraham with his promise. You'd be the father of many nations. How many kids did he have? The other day. It wasn't many nations. Then Sarah was old and and the concubine had gone off with the one in the desert and he was, was in his deathbed, father of many nations. But hey, the fulfillment of the promise of the prophecy to him, of God's gift that he'd given him, happened. We are there. <laughs> Amen. Hey, we are the fulfillment of that promise. Hey, how many thousands and hundreds of thousands and millions and billions of people through the history of time to today are that promise to Abraham? So sometimes, even in, in the working of what you're called to do, you might not necessarily see the outcome of, yeah, we all like the raw, raw, raw. <laughs> you know? The raw, raw, raw gifts. You know, everyone wants to be a prophet. Everyone wants to have the healing ministry. Everyone wants to be up on the stage in the music industry. But sometimes we're called to be the kidney. And guess what? If you fulfill your purpose in being the kidney, guess what? Well done, my good and faithful servant. Amen. So what is your purpose? What are you called to do? Where are you called to be? Where are you called to go? What are you called to say? Is it just the neighbor you've got to reach out to? It might be the only person that you help get saved. You might then go on and run crusades throughout Africa. And hundreds of millions get saved. We don't know. So what has God called you to do? What has God purposed in you? Every part needs to function in its role. Okay? Let's go to 1 Corinthians 12. I'm sure many of you have heard this, this talk about the body and the preach and the body of Christ. just want to reinforce this. So I think as the body of Christ, we need to have these things reinforced from time to time. Amen. <clears throat> So, 12 verse 12. The body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts, and though all the parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ, for we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, we were all given the one spirit to drink. Now the body is not made up of one part, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not be for that reason ceasing to be part of the body. Think about that. The foot can't just decide, I want to be the hand. So I'd rather be the hand. But because I'm not the hand, I'm going to leave the body. And the foot goes off like Adam's family style. It doesn't happen. 
Doesn't happen, guys. Amen. Because I'm not an I. I do not belong to the body. It would not be for that reason. It would never cease to be part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body was an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? And it is. There are many parts, but one body. So, we have been made by Christ, by God, ordained to be parts of the body. Different functions, different roles. And if we want to be the hand and we're the foot, we can't just opt out. I want to be the eye and I'm the ear. Just opt out. No. The body doesn't function like that. Amen. We've all got a calling. We've all got something we need to do. When the master came and he said to the one servant, he has five talents. The other servants, he has one talent. There was another servant as well. We shouldn't talk about the two. And he came back and the one had turned the five into five and the one had turned the one into one. Five more. Five plus five is ten. And he'd done nothing more with the one, the other one. Added nothing to it. He buried it in the ground and he said, my master is fearful. And he did nothing with that talent. God took, the master took the talent away and gave it to the other one. Now after the parable had been reversed and he gave five talents to the one and he gave one talent to the other and the master went off, and the guy with the five talents was all scared, and said, oh, and he buried his five talents. And the guy with the one talent had come, and he made the one into two. The parable would have also gone the same way. Well done, you've turned one in, into two, and you've done nothing. The five I've given you, take the five away, give it to someone else. Amen. So we are called to be a part in the body. And though we might not like that part, that we might want to be something else, we call to function in that part and to do it diligently with all our might, all our, you know? And it doesn't mean that God might not change your world. Okay? The one who had five had ten talents at the end of the day. It doesn't mean God might not change your world. It doesn't mean the master might not come in and say, well done, my good and faithful servants, you're doing so great here. Well done in the school, well done in the lesson. You've done such a great, great job of being the big toe. You've done so well. Hidden in the shoe, in the sock. Not so nice. <laughs> but you've done your part to hold the body up, to stop it from falling over. Well done. Amen. I'm not going to make you a thumb. You could do that. He's God. Amen. But we're called to do our role until he changes it. We can't change it. We can't say, no, I want to be an eye on it. We call to all fulfill that which he's called us to do. So again, I ask, do you know which part of the body you are? Do you know what you're called to do? Do you know what God has purposed for you? Because we need to be walking in the fullness of that. Amen. Let's go to Romans 12 quick. 12 verses 3. And we'll read to verses 8. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment. In accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. So we are one body, the hearts the lungs, the hand, all knit together. We belong to the same body. We belong to each other. Amen. Verse 6. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is a leadership role, then let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. Amen. What is your gift? Have you been called to be showing mercy to others? Have you been called to serve? Have you been called to... I mean, there was two guys in, in the Old Testament when the war was going on and Moses' arms were getting tired. They had to lift his arms. Because every time he dropped his arms, they, they started losing. And then they had to lift his... That was their job, just to lift his arms so that they could win the battle. 
So if we're called to be lifting others, if we're called to be a support, if we're called to be servants, if we're called to go scrub a toilet at the back, if we're called to go pick up a speaker, do it. Do it diligently with all your heart, with all the passion. Do it like it's, this is the one thing that, that, that Christ is depending on me to do for his body to reach his fulfillment. Amen. We don't know what impact that would have on others. And we don't know what impact it would have on our own destiny. Um, I grew up in Point Road, Durban. Not a very nice area. It's kind of like Hillbrow. But it's worse. Because <laughs> it was worse back then. And Hillbrow was still nice up here. <laughs> so as Hillbrow got bad here, Point Road got even worse back then. And it was a terrible place. And I recall we had a, a minister come into the area and he set up church there. Um, he was working for years with Reinhard Bonk and Mark Eltringham. He was our pastor there when I was gay high. And uh, he came in there and he planted a church. Amazing, all good things happening. And he, he shared with us the one time, because as I got older, we got into like youth leadership and invited to leadership meetings. And, and he said the one time, he was sitting there looking at the church and feeling so, <clears throat> this is good. Hey, thank you, God. I'm doing such a wonderful thing here. And God just spoke into him and said, you weren't my first choice. He's like, hmm? He says, no, you were my fourth choice. I called three other people before you. But they never walked into that calling. They didn't want to come here. So firstly, he was like, okay, humbled. <laughs> but at the same time, it got me thinking, what about the three that missed the calling? Hey? He's now pastoring a church in Dubai, carrying on the ministry there. His kids are all old in the ministry, all serving and that. But that could have been someone else. Someone else lost out on a blessing. Someone else lost out on the opportunity to serve in Point Road, Durban. Because, not so good money. Crime is high. Who is there? You know, oh, no, this is not for me. Nah, this is not for me. Yeah? Three people walked away from that. What are we called to be? What are we called to do? We don't know what God has purpose for us. Find out. If you know what it is, do it with all your heart, with all your might, diligently. You do not know the outcome of it for yourself and for others. Because Christ will not be mocked. What you say, you will reap. And He will reward and He will bless and He will prosper us. Amen. Fourth, fourth point. Every part of the body is important. I actually had a prop for the thing. I forgot to use my props. <laughs> Every part of the body is important. Amen. This little pinky. I mean, yes, we can survive without it, but you know, if if I had to call someone up here, let me get this prop up here. And I say, who wants to volunteer to come test if the pinky is not important. <laughs> Who wants to come test if the pinky is not important? Who wants to come and we just, yeah? Such a small, I'm sure you won't mind if I just keep it just, why? Because that thing will bruise, that nail will split. It will be so sore, you'll be like, ah, for weeks, you'll touch and you'll, ah. The smallest part of the body when it hurts, the body feels it. Every part is important. And it doesn't matter if you're hidden away or if you're visible. It's all just as important. There are some parts in the body that we don't even know what it does. But if that thing starts to go wonky and it bursts, <laughs> appendix, it can kill you. You don't know what it does. Theorize maybe it's got to do with the blood or hormones. Not fully known. Maybe by now someone knows. I don't know. Is there anyone in medicine who knows? Okay, we haven't discovered yet what it fully does. But if that thing bursts on the inside, we tickets. It's horrible. It's messy. But that's what it's like with the body. Every single part is important. Every single part, if it's hurting, the body hurts. If it's celebrating, the body is celebrating. Amen. We delight in the success of others. That's another interesting thing about the body of Christ. Now, we, we, we call to to be a part of that body. We all belong to each other. So your success is my success. My pain, your pain. 
our hurts, each other's hurts. Amen. We're part of the body of Christ. And as we talked about earlier with Corinthians 12, you know, you, the, the, I can't say to the feet, we don't need you. The ear can't say to the nose, we don't need you, go away. Each part of the body is vitally important for the functioning of that body. We need each other. We need each other. As different parts of the body, the hands and the feet, to work outward, likewise, we also support each other as the body. The gifts offer each other of teaching. Okay? The prophetic, it's for the body. So, we need each other. There's no division in the body. That's another thing. There's no division. There's no body of Christ. There's half of a body there. And there's half of a body there. And now we're the body of Christ. No, we're one body. There's no division. It's not the legs sitting there and the arms there. We're the body of Christ. It's not. It's one. It's together in unity, functioning. We cannot function separately. You get that, guys. We need each other. Fifth point. We all participate. As that one body, we all share in the same reward of the body. When the body is happy and well, the whole body, the whole body is happy and well. When the body is feeling pain, it's all feeling pain. But the rewards of what we do in terms of fulfilling the mandate of Christ as the body of Christ, as the church, we all share in that reward. In 1 Samuel 30, I won't turn there, David had been part of helping the Philistines for a season to protect him while he was ostracized by Saul. And he had 600 men, valiant men, working with him. And they were sent home, told, go home. We're about to go into battle with... Uh, your old buddies, the Israelites, and we don't want you in this. We don't trust you. Go home. So he goes home. And what does he find? Him and his 600 men. They find that while they were out with, with the army doing what they were doing, the Amalekites came, took everything, their wives, their sons, their daughters, their sheep, their goats, everything, their gold, whatever they had, take it. It was so bad that some in that army were like, ah, this is David. They wanted to turn on David. He did this to us. Blah, 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 blah. Why did he do this to us? And then David consulted with God. He was told, chase after them. You'll catch them. So what did they do? All 600 of them started chasing after these guys. We're going to hunt them down. And they got to a certain point where 200 of them were too tired. They couldn't go across the ravine, the valley. And they said, listen, we're too tired. We'll stay here with whatever we still got. We found the goats and the this and the that. Because the Malachites had seen them coming and started bolting even faster. Left everything. So 400 carried on running. And they chased down these Amalekites and they killed them all. <laughs> Finished them. And after fighting, and they came back where the 200 were sitting watching the sheep. And they said, we did the fighting. You guys are sitting watching the sheep. We should... Keep the spoils. You just get your wives and your kids back and we'll take everything else and share it. David said, ah, doesn't work like that. We all share in this. Those that stayed to watch, they didn't run. They were part of this. We all shared with this reward. And they split it up equally. Amen. That's the body of Christ. We all share in the reward that Christ has set out for us. We're all participating in that reward as the body of Christ, the fulfillment of his kingdom on earth. We will all share in that role. We will all share in that reward. Amen. Let's turn to Matthew 20. Because sometimes we say, no, it's Old Testament. You know, that's how it works in the Old Testament. Let's go to Matthew 20. And we hear from Jesus himself in the parable. Matthew 20, verses 1. Jesus says, for the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire men to work in his vineyard. So he went out early. The sun's just coming up at the start of the day. A full day of work ahead. He went out early to hire men to work in his vineyard. He agreed to pay them all a denarius for the day, and he sent them into his vineyard. At about the third hour, he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. He said to them, you also go and work in my vineyard, and I'll pay you whatever is right. So they went. He went out again about the sixth hour and the ninth hour, and he did the same thing. So he went out the third hour, the sixth hour, the ninth hour, and he got more men to come and work in his vineyard. 
About the eleventh hour, he went out and he found still others standing around. And he said to them, why have you been standing here all day long doing nothing? Now it's the eleventh hour. How much time is there in the day left to work? Think about this. Okay. If you start at sunup six in the morning, it's the eleventh hour now. Six and eleven is seventeen. It's five p.m. So he goes out at five p.m. Everyone's like busy dusting off. The work is done for the day. He goes and he gets and he hires more people. He brings them into the vineyard. And when the evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired and going on to the first. The workers who were hired about the eleventh hour came and each received a denarius. So when those came who were hired first, they expected to receive more, but each one of them also received a denarius. When they received it, they began grumbling against the landowner. These men you hired, they only worked one hour. We've been here the whole day. And you made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the work and the heat of the whole day. But he answered one of them, Friend, I am not being unfair to you. Didn't you agree to work for denarius? Take your pay and go. I want to give the man who was hired last the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last to be first and the first to be last. Amen. He's the master. He's dishing out the money. And he's predetermined that all of us in this body will get the same pay. Eternal life. Hey, in union with Christ Jesus. Amen. Entry into the kingdom for eternity. And whether we come in the 11th hour or we come in the first hour, it's the same reward. Hey? Whether we the ear or the foot, same reward. Hey? Whether we get bolted onto the body and get saved in the end before the body goes off to become the bride, <laughs> or whether we're in the body right in the beginning, working hard, carrying that tired leg for all the same reward. Amen. Why? Because he is the master. And he has chosen to do with his money what he wants. He paid the price. It was his blood. On the cross. He determined salvation for all. All. Regardless of if they're on the cross with me dying now. Or if they're going to work a whole lifetime in service to me. Same gift. Same reward. Amen. Whether you're the foot or the ear or the colon, same reward. Right? Sometimes when you look at how the world works, you know, it's, it's always the actors who earn lots of money, the guys that are on TV and the movie theaters, the guys who are visible get the biggest rewards. No, you servants. In the kingdom of God, he who's first will be last. He who's last will be first and same reward. Amen. So whether you're doing something visible, whether you're doing something that's winning millions for the kingdom, or you're doing something that's winning, winning 10 people for the kingdom, guess what? If God has called you to win 10 people for the kingdom and you win 10, and God has called Johnny to win 10 million people for the kingdom and he wins 9 million, who has achieved what God has called them to do? Who has fulfilled the purpose of the kingdom that was set out for them? The fullness of the body of Christ worked through in their mandate. The person who got the 10 people saved because they were mandated to get 10 people saved. The guy who got 9 million saved was mandated to get 10 million saved. Oh, there's 9 million people in the kingdom, but he short 1 million. The guy who was told to give 10, they short nothing. So it's like, it's like the shepherd going for the sheep. He was looking after 10, and not a single sheep got lost. He was looking after 300 sheep, but 50 sheep got lost. Who's the boss going to be angry with? <laughs> Amen. So whether you're called to win 10, 50, a million. Whether you're called to participate in the building project and buy one brick, buy 10 bricks. Same reward. Amen. If God has called you to do something and you fulfill what God has called you to do, same reward. The ear, the nose, the foot, the colon. Hey? Sometimes we, we, we look at what's happening and we say, you know what, that person 
God is using them in a mighty way and they're so much better than I am. And God has more time and more love for me, more for that person that done Each one of us, God has purposed. He loves us. He's gifted us. His eyes on us. His spirit is in us. We're knitted to the same body, to the same head. All the same. Through the nose, the ear, the throat, you're hidden away. If you're at the back of the stage, disconnecting wires, or you're at the front ministering, or you, if you're doing what God has called you to do, my friend, brothers and sisters, then you're doing exactly, fulfilling exactly your purpose. Amen. The reward is the same. Huh? As members of the body, we share in Christ's inheritance. Now think about this. Romans chapter 8, verses 17. Okay, let's start at verse 17. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. What does that mean? That means that as the body of Christ, as his children, we are co-heirs. That the glory Christ has achieved, that he has won, the amazing, amazing reward set before him, we share in that. If we fulfill our mandate, we do what we're sharing in his reward. Now imagine if I come to you and I say, pick someone, Bill Gates, Elon Musk, who, who earns a lot of money in the world? Pick someone. Hey, let's say we Bill Gates. Let's pick on Bill Gates. And I tell you, the 25th of every month, whatever Bill Gates does, whatever he's done, his companies and everything, the money he gets paid for that month, you're going to get it. Imagine that. Imagine if I tell you that Elon Musk, with his Tesla and SpaceX, whatever he's going to earn for that month, the salary gets paid into your account every month. He's working. He's building the companies. He's carrying the stress. Would you get his salary every month? How cool would that be? Huh? Pick someone. Huh? Who in government now? <laughs> Pick someone in your mind. Just think about that. Okay, That's what Christ has done for us. He's taken this amazing reward. He's paid the price. He's earned it all. And we co-heirs in that. Huh? It's as if Bill Gates goes to work every day, does what he does, and the 25th there in your bank account, it's a couple of hundred thousand dollars. Lovely, eh? It's exactly the same thing. Amen. We are co-heirs in Christ. As part of his body, as pieces of that body, fulfilling our mandates, we share in co-heirs of what he's, what he's achieving in terms of his reward. Sixth point. The blood that flows through this body is one type of blood. You might be O, negative, positive, A, whatever, but there's only one type of blood that flows through your body. And it's the same with the body of Christ. There's only one type of blood that flows through this body. Hey? It's one type of blood. The head, the life, it's one blood, one spirit flowing through the body. It's not Jewish blood or Greek blood. Or Ethiopia, it's one blood. It's Jesus Christ's blood. That precious blood. That powerful life-giving blood. That ability to, to, to set us free of bondage. To protect us, to guide us, to heal us. It's that same powerful blood that's in his body. Amen. So we've got that blood in our body. It's the body of Christ. One blood. The blood of Jesus. It gives us the power to overcome the enemy. Revelations 12, 11 says, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto death. That blood that's in this body gives us power to overcome the enemy. Amen. To cleanse us from sin. 1 John 1, 7. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. So that one blood in the body is his power to overcome the enemy. It cleanses us from all sin. 
It gives us bold access to God's presence. God's presence. We have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 19. That same blood flowing through us, on us, in us, allows us to come into the holy of holies. And God doesn't see John or Paul. He doesn't see your sin. He, doesn't, he sees just the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. Sanctified. Pure. Made righteous. Amen. Gives us bold access to the presence of God. We come into them. We can say, Father, Father. We can hold on to Him. We can call out to Him. You know, in the old times, when the priests used to go into the temple to, and they used to walk into that holy of holies, they'd walk in with a string around their waist. They'd walk in with bells on their clothes. Because every now and then, one of them just dropped over dead. <laughs> and everyone would be outside, ding-a-ling-a-ling, ding-a-ling-a-ling. Okay, he's alive. Ding-a-ling-a-ling. Okay, stop pulling the string. Nothing. <laughs> Why? People died in the presence of God. If they came in with anything unholy in them, if they weren't sanctified, if they didn't, struck down dead. When they were carrying the Ark of Covenant off the, off the, the, the Israelites had lost it in one of the battles and and they're bringing it back, and, and, the, and the thing had a bit of a, a wobble on a stone, and the donkey lost it, and the, the one guy reached out to hold, and he got struck down dead. Ah! Why? But we can come into the Holy of Holies today. We can sit here in the presence of God today, and no one's dying. Okay? No one's falling over. Why? Because His blood covers us. Sanctifies us preserves us, it protects us, gives us bold access to the presence of God. Hebrews 9.14 says, And how much more will this blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify conscience from dead works to serve the living God? In our minds, purifies our minds, our thoughts. We can come boldly into the presence of God. We can say, you know what, that boss, and what he, ah, what Johnny did at work, ah, what my neighbor did with my cat, he kicked it. Ah, and just washes us clean, our conscious. We can stand boldly in the presence of God through that blood. Galatians three twenty six to 29. Let's just go there quick. Sorry, jumping around a lot still. Twenty-six, verse 26. You are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Amen. That blood, that one body, we are all one. Knit together, one blood, not Jew, not Greek, not white or black or pink or purple. We're one body. Amen. God looks at us and he sees that red, beautiful blood of Jesus over all of us. He doesn't see any distinction. Amen. Sixth point. If the body is not healthy, it's not good. If this body, which is not the healthiest it should be, (laughs) is not healthy, it's not good. If we're Heavily overweight, we exercise, we eat right, we we don't do these things right. We get sick, we get ill, we can't function properly. We can't go to work because now we've got the flu and you can't eat because you've got if the body is not healthy, it's not well, we can't function properly. If we get sick, if we get weak, the body suffers. So we've got to maintain our body. We've got to keep healthy. As the body of Christ, we've got to stay healthy. Eh? The body must always be growing. If there's no growth in this body, there's death. If my cells are not always splitting and multiplying and adding new cells, every time a bump, skin falls off, it needs to be replaced. If that body is not continuously growing, it will die. If this body is not growing, if this body is not healthy and well, it's not good. Amen. We've got to maintain a healthy body. Likewise, 
We exercise. We do things to improve our heart health. We do things to improve our diet. We go and we work out in gym and we exercise. Similarly, in the church, we need to do stuff. Exercise. We're connected to the head. And there's life in the head. But we still, as the body, need to function. We need to... Amen. We need to be growing. If the head is healthy and and the body can't function. If the head is well and the feet, the body can't function. So the body has to be healthy. We have to exercise our faith. It's one of the ways we stay healthy. We exercise our faith. We step out and we trust God. We obey. If he says go, we go. If he says speak to this person, we speak to this person. If he says pray, we pray. If he says give, we give. We exercise our faith. Amen. That's one way to be healthy. Romans 10, 17. Have to exercise our faith. We need to also feed on healthy food. What is the healthy food that we need to feed on? Amen. Healthy food. Healthy food. The word of God. The bread of life. Amen. This is where we get our sustenance. We've got to be feeding on the word of God. Man shall not live by bread alone, Matthew 4, 4. But by every word that proceeds out the mouth of God. Jesus said this when he was tempted. We've got to feed on the word of God. Amen. That's one way we stay healthy. Other way, we've got to flee from sin. 2 Timothy. Let's go there quick. We've got to flee from sin. Other way we stay healthy. 2 Timothy 2, verses 20 to 24. In a large house there are articles, not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some are for noble purposes, and some are for ignoble. If a man cleanses himself from the latter, if he cleanses himself from the ignoble, he will also be an instrument for noble purposes, made holy, useful to the master, and prepared to do any good work. Flee the evil desires of youth. Pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord out of pure heart. Don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments, because you know they produce quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not quarrel. Instead, he must be kind to everyone, able to teach, and not resentful. And I get tested every time I get out on the road with this one. <laughs> I'll tell you. Me and the road. Oh, when that car comes and, uh, off the light is green, and they're just sitting there. Blah, 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 blah. It's like green. <laughs> boop, boop. Go. <laughs> I get tested with this all the time. The Lord's servant must not quarrel. Instead, he must be kind to everyone. Don't go looking for fights. Don't go looking for things that are going to hana, hana, and bite you. And don't go, you know, if there's sin, flee, run from it. That's how you stay healthy. Amen. As the body of Christ, this is up to us to do. By His grace. We stand strong. By His grace, we will finish this race strong. But we still got to try and maintain that healthiness. The life is there. The head is there to preserve. His spirit is there to give us sustenance and strength and to, and to guide us and be the conscious. But we still need to fill our part to be healthy. Amen. Lastly, we need to become part of a body if we're not part of a body. No, we... Or here we're in church, blah, 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 but you need to be part of a body. And in terms of that, you might not be a member here. You might be visiting. You might be, you need to be part of a local body, fulfilling that, that mandate. Because while we are part of the bigger church, the body of Christ, there's also the local outworking of that as the body of Christ through the local church. Amen. And you need to be knitted as a hand to a leg, as an arm to to a torso. You need to be knitted into the church, into the local church, serving with others, building with others, in team with others, close with others, tied to the head. Christ working through you. Amen. Hebrews 10. Let's go there quick. Let's go to Hebrews. Hebrews 10, verses 24 to 25. Says this. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. As the end is coming nearer, we need each other more. 
We need to be as a body tighter. We need to be as a body working together even more in the last days. Because this is the time when the temptation is going to be strongest. This is the time when the attack of the enemy is going to get stronger. This is the time. I mean, I worked in private business. And I tell you, every single thing you go into in this country, you've got to have your eyes wide open. Wide open. Why? Because there's stuff happening all over. There's this way envelopes. And there's this way handshakes. And there's, there's all these funny things going over in this country. You've got to have your eyes wide open. We need each other now more than ever to stand strong, to stand with integrity in these times, to reach out as the body of Christ and do what we were called to do and not be swayed and not be pulled to this side or pulled to that side, to be part of a local body, strengthening each other, leaning on each other, to go to your, your prayer buddy and say, man, I need to talk to you about this. I need you to pray with me about this. To go to your home group leader and say, I'm really struggling in this area. Or to see someone else who's in need and go to them and say, listen, how can I help? What can we do? Do you need someone to come pray with you? Do you need someone to come stand beside you? Do you need someone to maybe just cook a meal? You can see that, you know, things are a bit tough and tired and you've been working long and hard. Can we come back? We're called to be part of that local body to help each other, to support each other, to work together. Amen. So if you're not part of a local body, if you are visiting, if you have for the first time, become part of a local body. Find a healthy body. One that is following the head, Christ. One that is fulfilling their mandates. That is stepping out and doing what is not normal. Not a big giant eyeball. You don't want to be part of that head. (laughs) (laughs) Find a body that is fulfilling its mandate properly. Amen. Lastly, if you're not part of a body, at all. If you're sitting here and you've not, this is all been, this is great, this is, I don't, if you're not saved, if you haven't accepted Christ as your Savior, then you're watching this from the outside, you're thinking, it's all nice, I want to be part of this body. Okay? You need to give your heart to God. You need to say, Jesus, you're my Lord and my Savior. I accept what you've done on the cross. And become part of that body. Amen. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ, loving God, loving people.